Tonight in Canadian comedy, we're tapping into the dark side with some so-called black sheep and some of the most strange, surreal, and sinister sketches in comedy podcasting right now. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm ready. You ready, dude? I'm ready, Slick. Are you? Oh, yeah. Take it down. You are listening to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is another Sunday in Canadian comedy quarantine. And here in Toronto, it's kind of all over the place. One week, it's live shows and festivals are happening again. And then now they're not because everything's closed down again. So tonight, we're sort of switching gears. We're talking about uh, some independent comedy shows that have moved over to the online platform. And of course, what I'm going to go ahead and call another sort of not rebirth, but another sort of boom age of podcasting happening again. I think a lot in part because of COVID. We, of course, have our producer, Vince Tedesco, out there at Casa D. Tedesco, still uh, quarantining remotely. How are you doing, buddy? What, what? I'm doing all right. You know, hanging in. Second wave coming anytime now. It really is. I mean, it's like, you know, we sort of spent the majority of the season, really, at this point, sort of crawling through this thing and talking to people all over North America and and figuring out, okay, when it, our show is going to slowly start to happen again. And then they did. And then all of a sudden, it's like, nope, back to March or April again. Things are shut down again. I'll quote a famous line from The Godfather. Just when you think you're out, they pull you back they pull in. you back in. But here's the thing. All these shows, like all these shows that sort of started becoming live again and all these pop-ups that were happening and things like that, I think there's this sense right now in this second wave of all these producers who sort of hung on for so long and all these comics who hung on for so long during this like four or five month long shutdown and moved over to online stuff. I think in this second wave, there's sort of this sense of like, nope, not this time. They've, they've, they've figured out how to work within these parameters and so now they have their built-in audience and now they're just going to keep on going with what they've been doing keep on trucking on yeah i mean keep on trucking on yeah some of them are are are, you know keeping at it they're keeping a steady pace and they're it's you know what it's allowing a lot of comics allowing a lot of uh, comic uh, you know community promoters to become very creative in this art form and online and how to get content out there so at least they're they're fresh, they're new, they're innovative, they're trying to be unique. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, thriving the creative process at least. And I think, yeah, exactly, figuring out a way how to make this not just, oh, we can only do this X, Y, Z right now, but actually use it as a strength, how to, like, work within these guidelines and, and do something unique with it. And it's important to point out, it's not everywhere. It's really the major sort of the major cities, the major comedy hubs all over the map right now are usual. I mean, us here in Toronto, Montreal, New York, L.A., Chicago, we're all still very much shut down and all, and all these things are on pause. But you look out in Western Canada and you look out in sort of the Midwest there's there's live shows and clubs still happening again. So it all depends on what the numbers are like everywhere. So there's still those road dogs that are actually out there. I'm watching Canadian comics and American comics that are actually hitting the road again and going and doing live, you know, small town shows and going back to doing what they were doing before COVID. So it's sort of a little mixed bag of everything going on everywhere right now. Yeah, we should all move to Edmonton. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, perfect time of year. Let's well, move to Edmonton right before winter starts. Uh, so we're going to get into, uh, we, we have later on in the show, we've got the Tony Ho comedy podcast, which has taken sort of this cult sketch troupe and moved it over to the podcast format. And first, actually, uh, an old friend of the show who, who joined us, I think it's almost two years ago now, Darcia Armstrong of Black Sheep Comedy is going to tell us how exactly they took that thriving indie stand-up show and moved it over to an online platform. That's our show. We'll be back with Darcia Armstrong right here on Inside Jokes. You're listening to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Even if you're sitting in the back row, it's probably fine. Or in this case, even if you're streaming on a small tablet, <laughs> it's probably fine. Because, of course, comedy in a lot of places in Canada, Toronto is one of them. But right now, comedy has moved from the stage back to online. We're sort of ping-ponging all over the place this year. It's like a will-they-won't-they they with live shows and audiences. They happen again, and then they don't. COVID giveth and COVID taketh away. Uh, but of course, we, I, I guess COVID has never really giveth. That part, <laughs> that part, maybe when Trump got it, but I don't even believe he did. But anyways, that, that, other than that, that we have, so we have Darcia and Kathy on the line of Black Sheep Comedy. And first off, you guys, one thing I like to ask everybody on the show lately it's very a literal question. How are you doing? I'm hanging in there. Thank you for asking. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm not too bad, um, you know, considering. So, I mean, for you guys, uh, obviously producing, and it really over the last few years, I mean, Black Sheep Comedy became this really cult hit in live comedy here in Toronto. When all of this stuff first hit, and it was very obvious the writing was on the wall that, you know, venues were going to shut down and audiences jammed into an intimate space together was not going to be a thing for quite some time. What was the thought process for you guys? Did you, I mean, obviously you, you both have other things on the go. Did you think, well, that's it. We just put this on pause until whatever this is, is over. Or did you already sort of plan right away to make this an online thing and keep keep it growing? You know, when when the lockdown was first announced, I mean, we did know that it was coming. Uh, our last show had a very different feel to it. Pretty much the, the lineup, as well as Kathy and I and everybody in the audience kind of knew this would be the last show before the lockdown. Um, Kathy and I, we had we had our next two months of shows lined up and booked, so I think our biggest concern was just talking to those comedians, apologizing for canceling the shows, and making sure that um, they they were doing okay. We were, we were really worried about them uh, and, and the income that they would be losing. Kathy and I actually offered to pay out the next two months of shows to all of the comedians, and they were so wonderful. Many of them turned us down and said, don't worry about it, we'll see you in the future. So I think for the first, you know, for the first month or so of the lockdown, Kathy and I were just more concerned about the shows that we lost and how the comedians were doing. We weren't even really thinking about the future. I Which think is incredible. I mean, uh, obviously, I mean, you don't see a lot of any bookers really in the in the country able to in a position to even do that, let alone offering that, and especially not. I mean. You guys are a pair of independent promoters that built this thing, you know, just out of a love of comedy and built this thing brick by brick yourselves. So to, to offer that up at a time when you know a lot of these working comics are, they don't really have a plan B. And comics don't exactly have a surplus of savings that they can <laughs> yeah. fall back on. So, I mean, for you guys, even to be able to put yourselves in that position, 
to offer that up, I mean, that's unheard of. I mean, you know, we've spent half this season talking to people all over the map about what they're doing during COVID and what this has all been like. And I mean, really, this is the first time we've ever heard of anybody in a position to really do that and offer that. Yeah, right. well, uh, we are, uh, we're fortunate to be, you know, employed in other sectors. And I guess that's the one upside of not being a successful stand-up comedian. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we were, we were just shocked at how many Canadians were also just kind enough to say, no, don't worry about it, uh, which meant that we were actually, the ones that were not in a position to say no, we could get a little bit extra to them because because of the goodness of the other comedians in the lineup. And for you guys, I mean, moving to this online platform, we've we've heard from so many different comics and so many different sort of viewpoints on this. We've we've talked to comics that have been well known touring festival comics for twenty, thirty years that never in a million years thought they would would they would jump over to the online platform. And we've talked to comics that are, you know, they've only been at it for a couple of years. So to them, this is sort of what they were doing already. When we come back from break, though, I'm very curious about how much of a different animal this is now, moving Black Sheep over to the online platform and sort of how that changed the flavor of the show and how you book it and, and what that relationship was like with your live venues as well. So we're going to come back with more Black Sheep comedy and find out what they are doing during COVID and also a show that they have coming up with, with one of our favorites, Deborah G. Giovanni. We'll be back with more inside jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Roddy Colmer. And Jay Brody. And you are listening to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. When you get out of bed, don't end up stranded for a Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And of course, coast to coast, Canada wide on the Global News Radio Network. If you happen to have the internet, which I hope you do, because that's where the entire world exists right now, including Black Sheep Comedy. And we have Kathy and Darcia on the line right now. So you guys, before the break, we were getting into a little bit of, you know, what the what the plan was when COVID first hit. Obviously, you know, Black Sheep Comedy always built into this thriving indie comedy brand off of it was live shows you guys were doing live shows with well-known comics and you were doing shows in breweries obviously all that stuff went on pause and you moved to an online thing so now with black sheep moving to this online and live streaming platform how much of a different tone and flavor does this have now like to you guys does it still feel like you're producing the same thing just obviously in this weird upside down place that we're stuck in right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i think we've we've being able to keep it as close to a live show as possible with Zoom. Uh, we we do it. We always do it with the live shows. We keep the focus uh, and the spotlight on the comedians, but we encourage uh, the audience to interrupt and laugh. And, and uh, it, it, I find it, it's a lot more relaxed and a lot more easy of transition than, than we thought it would be. Um, and also, we, we just have a fantastic opportunity now to book comedians who are, you know, a little outside of Toronto or moved, you know, to L.A. or, the, you know, they live in other areas. And we always just, you know, wanted to give them our shows so bad. And then now, now it has opened up, which is amazing. Yeah, which is true, too. I mean, for example, obviously, you guys have Deborah D. Giovanni coming up out in L.A. Normally, it would probably be, you know 
you would have to kind of catch her when she's in town sort of a thing to get her on a black sheep. So now you're totally right. It's sort of shrunk everything down into this sort of global community in a way. And, and, and the audience is that, and I think one, one, one interesting thing that's happened with a lot of these stand-up shows moving to zoom and moving to online platforms is there's this sort of raw realness to everybody's comedy now because you've taken away the stage. So you've taken away that ability for people to sort of slip into this persona and be this heightened version of themselves. You're seeing comics sitting at home in their living rooms, everybody from open micers to American late show hosts and everybody's sort of in the same, you know, real human state right now. Cause everybody's like not, not shaving and lining up for an hour to get a bag of milk. And, you know, so you're seeing a lot of comics where a lot of that sort of ego and flash and all that stuff is kind of gone. You're seeing people who are just, being people that just have to be very funny people. That is such a good point. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a good point because where you lose the live connection, I feel like that's the connection um, that's working right now between comedians and the audience is just where we're all kind of in the same situation. And, um, you know, every comedian calls be relatable to the audience. Well, you have that automatically now when you, when you go onto that Zoom show. And for you guys, I mean, obviously, I mean, I know when we spoke to you last time a while back in studio, you were talking about a lot of why Black Sheep became a thing is just purely obviously out of a love of comedy from from both of you. And you would sort of, you know, you would sort of pick comics for the show and curate the show based on people who you enjoyed watching or who sort of fit that flavor of the show that particular time. How important do you guys think it is? And everybody seems to have different opinions on this, but you know, we're all sort of trapped at home right now. We're, we're stuck on social media. We're in this insane news cycle where it's like the pandemic is ravaging everything. You've got this crazy election next door. There's wildfires, the climate, all this, not, not great things, uh, all, all happening at once. How important for you guys as producers and as promoters and, and just as comedy purists, really, is it for us to still have, this where we can just step back out of this sort of craziness we're stuck in right now and just laugh even if it's about that or if it's a complete diversion from that it's so important right now honestly like you said the world is on fire and every time you open a social media platform it's bad news for the most part so you absolutely need to laugh at it it's a great stress reliever it's a great uh, unifier absolutely I think, yeah, so too. I mean, for you guys, I mean, and maybe it'll be interesting having Deborah D. Giovanni on your show, because when we when we spoke to her a couple of months back, you know, we were sort of checking in with Canadian comics that had made the move to New York or made the move to L.A. and then are now stranded there. <laughs> they're either <laughs> they're either surrounded by fires or surrounded by protests or surrounded by protesters on fire. I don't know. It's like the. <laughs> like the dogs, the dogs or the bees or the dogs with bees in their mouth. But, uh, you know, so we're talking to a lot of these Canadian comics that are sort of really lampooned in a lot of these places because they're obviously they're not really working right now. And one interesting thing Deborah said was, you know, not only does this whole pandemic give you give comics sort of an appreciation for just real off the stage life again. And it's this sort of forced slowdown where comics are so focused all the time on that hustle and that endless grind and sort of, you know, you have to, to build that career. So to just sort of step back and be with family and be with friends and just sort of look at real life again. And she said the other sort of side effect of this for her, and I'm guessing a lot of Canadian comics is this sort of weird patriotism that came out of this because you're, you're looking at the state of the world. and, And especially if you're living and working in the U S 
you look at sort of how how sort of quaint things are back home in Canada and you sort of appreciate these small things that you forget about. It's true. I went to, I went to college in the U.S. and I didn't need a pandemic to feel that way when I was living there. <laughs> do you think a lot of comics are going to, like when you when you guys do this show, do you think a lot of comics are going to sort of, just based on what you've seen people doing online and what sort of comedians you keep an eye on, do you think a lot of comics are going to address a lot of these elephants in the room or do you think a lot of people are more interested in sort of let's get back to doing what we were doing before all this stuff happened in the world and just talk about our own things in our own voice and just sort of forget all that stuff for an hour. Well, I think, you know, what I've noticed is the comedians definitely talk about it. Usually right off the top, they they have some jokes about, about the pandemic. They have some things to say. Um, and then they transition into into something away from that, which I think is amazing. You dress, like you said, the elephant in the room. You talk about it. And then you get reminded off of it, and uh, those sets have been working really well um, for uh, the audience. The audience is so far. I, the feedback from our show uh, is, is great, and we have a lot of repeat um, people coming to our shows every every time we have one. So um, I, I think that's what what they're doing, and I think that that's what people actually give appreciate. I think so too. I think it's, you know, I mean, it's such a double-edged sword because we've talked to a lot of people uh, in, in the comedy world that are saying like, you know, we need sort of some escapism from this, which absolutely is true. But I mean, the flip side of that is of course the job of the comedian, probably above really anybody else in any other art form, really the job of the comedian is to take this stuff in real time that's happening in the world and sort of, you know, pull it apart, pull it apart on stage. And if we can all laugh about it, you sort of, take the power out of it. So it's sort of a dividing line of, of addressing these things that are very current and very real, but also not hammering it over the head. We all, you know, it's like in 2016 when Donald Trump got elected, I'm sure you could go to just drop in randomly to any open mic on the planet and hear nothing but four hours of that, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's sort of being able to unplug from this. The one thing that's interesting about, I mean, you, you guys mentioned earlier on, of course, just as sort of a comfort thing and, and just sort of, just rolling with what's happening. Black Sheep is going to exist in in streaming format for the rest of the year, and you're not going back to live shows. But let's say next year, let's say a year from now, we're sort of back to normal where, you know, festival season is back and, and the clubs have reopened and all that stuff and sort of things look like what they used to. For you guys as producers and as promoters, do you, do you see this whole, like, Zoom and live streaming and all that stuff, do you see this just becoming a regular part now of, the producer's arsenal. Like, do you think that this is going to be, we're going to go into sort of a hybrid version of things where yes, live shows are back, but also there's still going to be an audience for live stuff and people are still going to work within that too. A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I feel like uh, the streaming shows are going to just be integrated into the live shows. Now that we've like tapped into a new source for the audience where they feel comfortable either live or online. I think um, I think it'll be really interesting to see going forward how it gets incorporated. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it actually, ladies. We have we have cast a, a much wider net now. We have um, audience members from all over Canada and in the United States coming to our Zoom shows. 
So uh, I definitely don't want to lose that with them. And when we are able to go back to the live show, I'm hoping they'll they'll stick with us, uh, and and we will have high bridges, um, you know, when we're able to. Yeah, I mean, I told them it makes sense, and it's interesting hearing from really comics from sort of every camp. I mean, we had Jim Gaffigan was on a while ago, and he said, you know, I was I was bored, and I just needed to go and face some material, so I did these weird pop up shows where you're like standing in a parking lot on top of a car in the San Fernando Valley or whatever it is. <laughs> but, yeah. but even uh, Angelo Sarukis was another comedian comic out in LA who joined us very early on in the pandemic. Things had really just shut down. And he said, you know, I never, I've been on the road for 30 years and, and, you know, doing the festivals and the galas and all that stuff. He goes, that's what I do. He goes, I don't, I didn't know anything about zoom or TikTok or any of this stuff. I never thought I would do it, but then he got into it and he found that not only did his usual audience follow him over to that, but he, he built a new audience and he sort of loved working with the format. And I think we're going to see a lot of comics like that, that would have probably never touched this stuff before that are now going to keep working within that because they tapped into something new with it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. And maybe they'll reach out to us and do a show, you know, his hand. <laughs> Which is the thing. I mean, that is a Canadian comic that a lot of our listeners and a lot of Canadian folks at home are, are, very familiar with how do you find you know going after talent and comics that you guys appreciate right now during this do you find it's a little bit easier because people are really just wanting to wanting to get back to work and wanting to you know and obviously that with this format i mean she can do the show from home she can do the show from la do you find it's a lot easier to sort of curate this right now yeah like just like darcia was saying you know like there's um you don't have to wait for for people to be in town in order to do the show now. And, uh, you know, even the time zones don't matter that much. And we've just been so fortunate to have some really great Canadian talent. We've had, you know, Elvira Kurt and Martha Chavez, Sean Cullen. We've got Deborah Giovanni. I mean, we've been so Nikki lucky. Payne yeah. is going to be on the Nikki show Payne. in November. Yeah, yeah I know. So it's I'm exciting. Jerry D, Howie Mandel, doing anything? You know, we're looking at you. <laughs> well, it's it's interesting too. And before before we wrap it up, I mean, you know, the last couple of years, I mean, even going back before COVID, I feel like in Canadian comedy, there really has been these situations that have sort of taken the ego and the independence out of out of comedy in Canada and sort of made everybody come together more as a community. I mean, two years ago, it was everybody fighting for those residuals with you know. Right. satellite radio yeah. play and everybody you know and and cask and everybody came together on that and now with COVID, everybody's going you know what we're all in the same industry we're all in the same community and there's sort of this it sort of has evened the playing field between everybody and there's sort of this camaraderie that we're usually you know we're all just a bunch of dogs fighting over the same little bits of kitchen scraps in canadian comedy yeah. <laughs> so for you guys before before we let you go uh for our listeners of course so where can people, how can people watch this next uh, Black Sheep comedy with Deborah Giovanni, and of course, find all your stuff online? Yes, yeah, just go to blacksheepstandupcomedy.com. They will see uh, the ticket links there for the upcoming Zoom shows. Um, October 23rd is Deborah Giovanni, which with just an amazing uh, lineup. Uh, Rebecca Reeds, Jason Allen, and Sabrina, Sabrina Douglas is on that. Um, and on November 20th, we have Mickey Payne, Rick and Leonard Kane. So we have some awesome shows coming up. They can just visit 
the website, blacksheetstandupcomedy.com, and they will find everything that they need there. Fantastic. Again, you guys, thank you so much. And we're just glad to see you guys doing, going back to doing what you do and, you know, bringing black sheep comedy to just sort of these new parameters we're in and, and also what you're doing for comics. I mean, I think, like I said, not a lot of producers and promoters out there are able to do that or even offering to do that. So that's fantastic. Thanks you guys so much. Stay safe. Have a great show and everybody check that out. Cause Deborah Giovanni, if you haven't seen her live in a while is always fantastic. Doesn't matter whether she's at home or on stage. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thanks again to Darcia and Kathy of Black Sheep Comedy. And don't forget to check them out online and check out that live streaming show with Deborah Giovanni because she is one of Canada's greatest. We will be back with more inside jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Carmen Lynch, and you're listening to Inside Jokes. Where am I? Mama, we all go to hell. Mama, we all go to hell. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you see those socially distanced markers more clearly. How about that? Uh, it's been like seven months of trying to find out, figure out clever COVID slogans. Hopefully we aren't still doing that a year from now, but we shall see. Uh, thanks again, of course, to Darcy and Kathy of Black Sheep Comedy. Now we're switching gears. We're going from online stand-up shows over to the podcast world, we've got Adam Niebergall of the Tony Ho Comedy Podcast on the line with us. How you doing, Adam? Pretty good. Thanks for asking. <laughs> we, I always, lately, I always start off every segment with the guests just asking them. It's kind, of, it's a, like a literal question now. How are you doing? And it's, it's always funny because every episode during COVID, we seem to have like a guest in the states and then people here at home in Canada. And that really, the the geography really flavors the answer to that question right now. <laughs> what, are, what are the people from the states say? Like, what's that like? They're I, they're like hiding under a desk, like it's a <laughs> nuclear weapons drill in the fifties. That's what's going on, I think, in most <laughs> in most. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard out here for sure. And then in Canada, it's like, well, you know, uh, it's a mild <laughs> pandemic, but uh, we're good. <laughs> You know, I I feel like our I feel like even in Canada, even our sort of even we even pandemic quaintly quaintly by comparison to yeah. our neighbors, right? You know, yeah, like okay, we were I see where you're getting now. I see. Yeah, like we were talk, talking to American comics. It's like uh, you know, obviously their election is happening and there's all kinds of craziness. And then here, I always like to mention the fact that you know our biggest sort of political controversy during COVID was the was our 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 prime minister said the word moist. <laughs> <laughs> moist Lee. He said Moist Lee. That was yeah, Moist Lee. That's so. We've got uh, and our opposition leader is like he's doing the like TikTok videos where he's like roller skating around lip syncing Fleetwood Mac. Like where <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're right. You know, You're right. It's, it's fine. Like, even even our <laughs> pandemics are cutesy, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For you guys though, so I wanted to get into I mean you know, we've talked to a few podcast hosts lately during this whole thing, and it's interesting because I think, you know, in the 2000s and in the early 2010s, the podcast format really blew up. And I think podcasting, and this is even before the advent of, you know, the Netflix special, I think podcasting was for the most part really responsible for this sort of this new boom in stand-up comedy that happened, this new wave where stand-up became a thing to watch again and a thing people went out and watched. And then all of a sudden, you know, podcast just sort of blew up and took over and everybody and their dog had a podcast. And then I think if 
people felt in a way it sort of got oversaturated because as a comic, it was like you, you know, podcasts were almost like a, a drinking problem. You either had one mm-hmm. or you flirted with it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so everybody had one and it's sort of, it's, it's tough to sort of, you know, find your way out in the crowd and sort of do something new and different with the format. And I feel like now it's coming back around again, where, you know, right now during COVID where a lot of shows have gone on pause and people are doing digital content and there's sort of this built in audience at home. I feel like there's this sort of new resurgence that's happening in podcasting for you guys taking the sketch troupe and moving it over to this podcast format. How much of a different animal is that for you? Uh, I wouldn't say it's a particularly different animal i mean i in the sense that uh a lot of like our um stuff has always been generated from uh performing live like as a sketch group we like have performed live you know all all night every night for however many years um and that would be how we generated our sort of content that we brought to uh we'd make like short films and we'd make audio content as well you know we we were sort of trying to write some TV stuff and, and things like that. So um, it had been that we had sort of performed the material again and again and again, and then we adapted it. So for this one, the difference is that we kind of just started from, you know, the the ground level and, and wrote what we wanted to write uh, for audio specifically, you know, trying to take advantage of all the sort of atmosphere you can build uh, in the audio format and just sort of did it that way. So I guess that's the sort of the difference this time around podcast wise. I, and I think it, I mean, that's, that, that's always been one of the things that I really loved about podcasting is you know, being, being sort of a lifelong radio guy is it's sort of, you know, it, it was this new format and this new venue for doing these things, but it sort of goes back to those old school days of radio, that old like theater of the mind where all you need is the studio and a mic and whatever concepts you can come up with and you can sort of paint this entire landscape with it. I mean, you think of podcasts like, I mean, welcome to night Vale is one example that pops out at the top mm-hmm. of my mind. You can sort of create this whole alternate world and paint this rich detailed picture with just really two people sitting at home with a MacBook and a plug in mic. Really? Yeah. Well, I think like we, our, our sketch sort of content is always sort of built um, or yeah, at least a lot of the time is built around sort of tension and anxiety and, and fear. And so like that's, that's the type <laughs> of thing that we like to mine for our like our little jokes, you know? So uh, it is a great format for that to sort of uh, like create tension. They, they always say in horror movies, it's it's sort of like what you can't see that's, you know, kind of that scares you, you know? And, and I, I think that like sort of lends itself to us in this format. Um, so I like that. Tension, anxiety, and fear. I mean, you know, gosh, I wish there was something you can dwell off of right now to feed into that, but I can't think of anything at all at, yeah. the, at the moment. I mean, yeah. how much, obviously, I mean, you know, we and we've talked to everybody about it. We were talking to Black Sheep Comedy about this earlier. I mean, you look, you know, the the, the news cycle is so crazy right now. There's There's just so many big, surreal things happening all at the exact same time across the entire planet for you guys. I mean, how much does this sort of weird, it feels like we're living in this like alternate timeline right now. How much does that stuff flavor what you're doing on the air on the podcast? That's tough to say. I'd like, I definitely wouldn't say that we steer into the political. Uh, I feel like it's something that kind of washes over us. And then we take that to our personal lives and like, just sort of check in with ourselves about how we're feeling kind of thing. So 
uh, it, it it would affect us for sure. But I I I wouldn't say that that we we want to do that. Uh, you, you know, really address straightforwardly the political thing. You know, things like that. You know, it it, it, it yeah. You're right. It's generally pretty pretty awful right now. And maybe for me, that's why I'd, 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 I'd rather not do that. I'd, I'd feel like there's a nice human element to it when you just sort of like, you know, you, you pay attention to the news and you, you let it hurt you. <laughs> and, and then you sort of like, uh, you use that to sort of check in with yourself and then write something, you know? Well, and I think this is, I mean, you guys are doing something that even, you know, even people in comedy right now can't particularly even really scratch the surface of because if you have yeah. sketch groups or stand-ups, you know, doing these live stream shows from home and they're reaching out to that audience, but they're still talking about some degree of real life and their, and, and of what their viewpoint on real life is. But we're also stuck in a time right now where, you know, you can't go into the theater and, and sort of unplug for an hour and a half and watch a live show. You can't go into a movie theater and the lights come down and you're, you know, transported to this other world. We don't have those sort of, typical forms of escapism that we normally would have. So what you guys offer up with this podcast is, is, is really that you're sort of just people can just sort of unwind and listen to it and just completely think about something else entirely and just be sucked into this different world. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, uh, I, I, I think that I, I always find like when I really feel like crap, I want to watch, like, I want to watch the saddest movie ever. Because it's like, it's like I naturally gravitate towards that because it like, it just, it exercises it. You know what I mean? Like you, I feel like you, for me, you get it out of your system. And I I wouldn't say that (laughs) I'm not uh, on purpose trying to compare this album to the saddest movie ever. It it is funny. It's uh, let's get to that. It's not, it's not like that, but uh, I, you know, I, I, I I like that, you know, in, in times like these, it's the sort of like a, cacophony of awful crap that's going on is uh, is a lot so i i agree it's good to sort of it's good to sort of uh, let something take you away go for a walk you know and for you i mean what sort of what what sort of and we'll come back from the break with this too but i'm curious for you as a podcaster and just as a comic and just as somebody who's obviously a podcast listener too just what some of the more obscure shows out there maybe have either influenced you or just what you're listening to when you're what what do you listen to when you're quarantining? It's like a hobby for all of us now. What do you do? How do you like to quarantine, sir? So we're gonna we'll come back with more of Adam of the Tommy Tony Ho Comedy Podcast right here on Inside Jokes on Global News Radio six forty Toronto. Hi, my name is Elvira Kurt, and you are listening to Inside Jokes on six forty. It's the first time I haven't been interrupted. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And of course, we're talking to Adam Niebergall of the Tony Ho Comedy Podcast. So Adam, yeah, just before the break, I was curious for you when you're not doing this podcast and when you're not working as a comic and when you're not writing and coming up with concepts, what sort of stuff are you listening to? I mean, what what, what out there in the podcast world has sort of influenced you or, or sort of piqued your interest? 
Um, there is a, I, I'll just, there's a friend of mine's podcast. Uh, I listen to a, a podcast called Confederacy of Dunk. Um, oh, it yeah. Is a, yeah. It is a Raptors podcast um, hosted primarily by uh, by my really good friend, Freddie Rivas. Uh, and Matt Duncan is the producer, and, he, you know, he's chatty on it as well. Um, and I really love that, be, A, because, like, it's it's genuinely really funny. Uh, and it's, like, a, the the content, I'm a, I'm a real homer for the Raptors. Um, but also, I just, like, I really, you know, we, we were talking about the pandemic and how, you know, it's, like, uh, not that great. Um, so <laughs> it's, uh, it really gives me like a chance to feel like I'm like hanging out with them. And like a, a lot of my friends go on the podcast. So quick, uh, quick plug for that, uh, for sure. I know that show. Well, we used to host that back in the, on the talk hole network for sure. And I, that's one of the great things about podcasting too. I think that really is really unique to podcasting is you can go so, so niche with it. And there's an audience out there for exactly that thing. Uh, you can you can dig deep and really like I'm going to do a podcast about specifically season two of Family Matters and and mm-hmm. there's an audience for it they're they are just yeah. out there and I mean I mean you really you know that it's it's just that's the depth of the internet and I think especially right now at a time when everybody's craving this new stuff and everybody is stuck at home and looking for sort of new things to tap into you really can find an audience for all of that stuff yeah. For you, I mean, obviously, with we're talking about how, like you said, it's the the the, the pandemic is not, not great. Uh, for sure, one of my least favorite pandemics. If I was to rate them, yeah, I've got the I've got the know? board game pandemic, um, and I like that a lot more. Really, yeah. pretty fun actually. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the one of my least favorite pandemics for sure. For you, I mean, what's what's one of the most absurd topics that you've ever gotten to tackle and sink your teeth into? Oh yeah, oh god, um, that, that's a tough question. I feel like it normally kind of starts there, to be honest. But um, <laughs> there's, I mean, there's a there's a sketch off of the off of the first album. We we done two um, or album. I keep calling it an album. It's kind of it's podcast that we're talking about podcast. But uh, there's a, a first season of the podcast that we did with uh, with CBC. Uh, originally released it uh, ourselves, but then we hooked up with them to re-release it. Um, and it was uh, there's a sketch in it about sort of a, a mom and dad uh, who have to break it to their uh, um, son that they're going to get a divorce um, because they both have fallen in love with him. Um, and I feel like that is gross and uh, and bizarre and. Really, I'm just picking one, but that's that's the one that comes to mind. No, that's uh, that's that's a pretty good starting point for sure. Uh, Adam, thank you again so much. But before we let you go, of course, where can where can people find the Tony Ho Comedy Podcast and find all of your stuff online? Yeah, so you you can find the uh, the podcast pretty much uh, anywhere you get podcasts. I feel like they're all like that now, but people also still just have to say that for whatever reason. And uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, it's through the CBC website, like a CBC Podcast, so you can get it there if nowhere else, uh, and it's coming out. Uh, the new season is coming out uh, on October 15th. Uh, it's going to be released weekly with a, sort of a two-hander every week. Um, and, yeah, that starts on October 15th. It gets you ready for Halloween. Excellent. Adam Niebergall, thank you so much. Everybody, tune into the Tony Ho Comedy Podcast. Stream this stuff. We're stuck at home. There's great things happening, not just in the podcast world, but Canadian comedy in general. Adam, thank you so much for joining us. 
Thank you. That's our show. Thank you again, of course, to Darcia and Kathy of Black Sheep Comedy. They've moved that show from a thriving, hit, successful indie cult comedy show live in breweries to the online platform. A lot of bookers and producers are doing that. Uh, of course, the Tony Ho Comedy Podcast. There's good stuff happening in Canadian comedy, regardless of where you live. In cities here like Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, where live shows are sort of on pause again and then happening again and then happening again. People are rolling with it, and Canadian comics are out there doing new, exciting stuff all the time. Vince Tedesco, uh, it's, I feel like we're just, we've been ping-ponging back and forth between, like, is it happening, is it not happening? Oh, oh it's happening. It's, 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 what's the degree of that it's happening at? So, um, yeah, Black Sheep Comedy, see, very innovative. They were kind of like an underground cult comedy troupe. Not troupe, but a comedy show that... Um, was yeah was doing that uh, doing performing shows at local breweries and now you can have a beer and then watch it at home. Um, as far as the Tony Ho comedy troops, another innovative way to get their brand out there, going online, creating a podcast, teaming up with the CBC always helps. So comics are still expressing their creative juices. Expressing their juices. Wow, I, that's uh. That's interesting. I'm hashtagging that. It'll be a thing by week's end. Express your juices, Canadian comics. But that's the thing. I mean, maybe that just speaks to, you know, the sort of the rough scrabble nature of Canadian comics because we're always, they're already sort of fighting to, you know, build their careers and keep afloat regardless. So, I mean, one thing I love talking to everybody sort of across the board in the comedy world is there's really not been any defeatist sort of attitude during this. They're just going, well, whatever it is, we'll just find a new way to get out there and roll with it and create new stuff. So, I mean, I think when the dust settles and when this whole thing eventually comes to pass, we are going, like Black Sheep were saying, like we are going to see a sort of new hybrid comedy world where a lot of people just stick with doing this stuff anyways because they found something interesting there and they found a new audience. Uh, so, again... Thank you to Black Sheep Comedy. Thank you to Adam and the folks over at the Tony Ho Comedy Podcast. Check that stuff out. And don't forget, you can listen to all of our shows from Season 5 right back to the very beginning on Global News Online. That's our show. We'll be back next week. Hashtag express your creative juices. (laughs) Hi, this is Alicia Carusi. And you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week featuring Deborah DiGiovanni. I look younger than I am, all right? If I was to tell you my real age, you'd be like, Deborah, you don't look that old. The only reason I look young, though, is because I'm fat. I'm serious. It fills in the lines. It fills in the lines. People with Botox, are you stupid? This is cheese. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Dairy products, you idiot. Look at this. I'm a cherub. Look at this face. Are you kidding? I'm going to die soon. I'm going to look good, though. You know what I mean? I'm going to look... Did she die as a baby? Did she die as a baby? Anyway, here's the thing. So I look young, but I have the wisdom of an old woman. And I'll tell you this right now. Here's something I'm going to pass on to you. Do you have a day job? Do you have to go somewhere tomorrow? Yeah, do you hate your day job? Do you hate your day job? Let me tell you this. You want to pass time at a day job? Find someone to hate at the office. (laughs) Nothing passes time like hating someone at the office. She walks by, you're like, look at that bitch. Is it for her? Is it for her? The day is done. Do you know what I mean? One more coffee, you're out of there, everybody. Do you understand? That's a good idea. Write that down. Here's something else that I'll tell you. I don't know if you know this, but this is truth. This is science. Hot girls get free coffee. Did you know that? Hot girls get free coffee. I was at Starbucks the other day. Pretty girl ordered a $17,000 cup of coffee. She got it for free. I ordered a drip coffee, $2.30. I had to pay for it. I was like, I don't think so. So I go home. 
and I need vengeance, and I need it now. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, well, I have to take down Starbucks. I'm gonna take them down by myself. And this is it. So what I do to get revenge, what do we do as Canadians to get vengeance? I wrote a strongly worded letter. Yes, I did. All capitals, lots of exclamation points. Do you know what I mean? I didn't say that that would be too aggressive. 